All right, welcome to episode number 14 of It's Server Time. Today, uh, our guest is Swisher, and we're going to be focusing and diving deep in North American Counter-Strike. So welcome, Swisher. I think people will best know you, Swisher, for playing for Peaker's Advantage. I think that is like the most famous team you definitely played on at any point, but no. If you guys don't really know Swisher, he's on Bad News Bears, one of the, uh, what, what rank? The, the HLTV rankings actually just got updated, and you are on the fourth rated North American team. And I did NA, not even US, so right behind Extra Salt, and pretty much above all the other premier teams. But uh, yeah, wel welcome, Swish. How, how's it, how are you going? How's it going today? Thank you. Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, early morning. <laughs> For gamer hours, yes. Yeah, yeah, gamer hours, yeah. All right. Let's just get into it. Let's get into it. Uh, Swisher, I got a couple questions for you to start. Um, the first is actually, if you guys are not familiar, Swisher is a pretty consistent Twitch streamer, actually. Um, I would say, actually, Swisher, what's your what's your like schedule like? And uh, I, I feel like I see you with definitely like 100 plus viewers nearly all the time now. So yeah, how, how frequently are you doing that? Um, almost every day. Um, I kind of usually stop practice or like practice ends an hour hour and a half where i'm eating chilling with my family and then boom streams on fpl oh nice. um and that goes on till either i cry because of my ping issues or or uh i just end the night because fpl is done or something like that yeah okay what I, i'm curious what you think the value is i guess i mean in any any respect what what is the value you get as a player out of streaming honestly like it builds it helps build your brand so much um casey foster i don't know if you guys know him um yeah old school back, uh, esca guy or yeah netcode guides i think he did yep. also yeah. yeah um a couple probably over a little over a year ago now he was uh i was talking to him a bit and he was telling me like how much uh i really should work on my brand and he said just generally like almost every player uh, in the north american scene should work on their brand and uh try to reach out to more people and that really kind of took in with me and um, I was averaging one or two viewers at the time. And then FPL started coming back up and coming and getting a lot bigger. And also my stream blew up. And honestly, I'm having a great time doing that. What res do you play on? 1680 <laughs> by 1050. 1610. How long guess, have you been on it? Charles res. I guess that's acceptable. Over a year. That's good. You need, yeah. If you're going to stream, you need a good res. You know, it's got to look pretty. Yeah. Nice. If people want to see a nice game, they don't want to see fucking. Exactly. Four, three black bars. 800, 600. I am glad you bring that up, though, because, like, it's something that's it's something that's hard to, to have, like, a tangible um, impact on just by saying, oh, players should build their brands. But the fact is that, like, if you look at yourself and you look at Cooper and you look at the way that you guys have, like, actual support. If you go to any match that your team plays or that Triumph plays, you can see in the Twitch chat that there's subscribers of yours that are spamming emotes from your chat that are like, oh, mm -hmm. bad news bears to the moon or like Cooper's egg face or something, you know? So it's, I, I think at least now you can see that there's some tangible impact. But the fact is that a lot of players just don't generally understand what building your brand means. And the fact is that you're, you're individually bringing viewers to your team's matches and that is what really brings organizations to the table. They're like, oh shit, this person can bring us 200, 300 extra viewers that we wouldn't get otherwise just based on their own brand. That's what you're bringing to the table. Yeah, um, I've, I specifically mentioned like every match we play going into match. I'm like, hey guys, remember to tweet. Like, we're, we're still orgless out here. Gas <laughs> is going up and we're still orgless. I'm not going to be able to drive for much longer. Um, 
but yeah, it's, it's, it really is important. Um, I don't, I don't know why people don't do it. Yeah. You've got a couple guys that I think have a uh, pretty decent profiles. I'd say, uh, you, John G and PTR, no, no offense to like alter or spongy, mm-hmm. but like you, I think you three are, are pretty well known now. PTR definitely. I mean, he's been in the scene for a long time. Yeah. Um, I guess on the topic of him though, uh, I'm, I'm curious, like what he's, he's your in-game leader, right? Peter. Yep. Okay, I'm curious, what kind of structure does he bring to your team? How how loose, how you know rigid is it compared to maybe teams you've been on in the past? Um, it's kind of on the early earlier side. It was a lot more like a, a lot of structure. It was almost too much structure, kind of for the current meta in CS. Right. Um, and I was kind of telling him like we we need to calm it. I feel like we need to calm it back down a little bit. We're trying to do too many things. Um, and these these teams are just running at us, giving us free kills, and we can't even set up an execute because um, mm-hmm. it's going to be three v three or three v four or something. Um, but we're kind of adopting to a more looser style, more defaulty, a lot more defaulty now, and just reactionary, which is I feel like currently in the meta. On um, on that note, I mean, you guys lost to Extra Salt in the Dreamhack qualifier, mm-hmm. and then you beat them in Premier. And I think after you guys beat them, Madcow had an interview saying that uh, you guys sort of talked over that loss and and changed up some things can you sort of just expand on that like what what sort of impact did that conversation have on you guys uh we definitely felt like we should have won the qualifier match um what maps did we even play i don't remember let me pull it up there's been so many matches recently yeah i don't remember any of my matches anymore you guys... we played train inferno yeah yeah train inferno 16 12 and 16 12 Okay, I think at both of those... Sorry, train, we kind of knew what to expect coming from their train. Um, we just weren't ready for it, I guess. That's probably one of our more lesser practice maps. Um, coming into the next match, we actually beat them on train, ruining their 100% win streak for the past three months. That felt good. Um, What's the hardest thing to handle about their uh, about their train? Their their team med pops are just... Yeah. They're just up. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. It's just, they've always been a thing. Dodd flashes. Yeah. yeah. You never know when someone's out. You never know. Like, <laughs> we will just send, we would just send like Ricky out and like he would just sit in the sandwich smoke and then yep. you know, flash him out. Everyone's blind. Just do the smoke. It's just like, that's thing now. Time. Yeah. And it's thing now. Just works Some, every dude, time. Sometimes Marky goes out. Sometimes JT goes out. Also, like half the time. So, like for people that aren't familiar with it, like listeners, it's like a, they, you guys basically, Actually, I say you guys, and no one's even on the team here. But basically, like it's a sandwich smoke and an e-box smoke nearly every round. And then you guys, like JT's, just chucking flashes over from kind of the dumpster area. And then, like some of the time, it's like just Fang that goes out. Sometimes it's like three people that go out. And sometimes you just don't know unless you like get in their faces and find out that info. You you're just lost. It's it sucks. I I noticed that um, I noticed that teams. This is a tangent, but I notice a lot of teams when they see that kind of play, by the way, they'll just like run a guy through sandwich. I think that's like Yakinder's job. That's Dupree's job. That's uh Boomich's job. Like a lot of top teams have a guy that's designated to try to counter that, that particular play. Um, but let's, uh, let's talk about actually some of your teammates. Um, I'll start with John G actually, uh, first of all, why couldn't he play at DreamHack open? So actually he's for the last like two or three weeks, he's been at his girlfriend's house in New York. Uh-huh. Uh, playing from there and uh he was actually scheduled to fly back the week before the weekend before during the dreamhack qualifier 
DreamHack Masters Spring, mm -hmm. but he actually yeah. pushed it back because we felt like that was arguably like a bigger tournament because that was a trip to Europe if we won yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, so he pushed the fight back. We unfortunately lost to Extra Salt there. Um, mm -hmm. So then that overlapped with the, the time frame of the DreamHack Open 44. So he was flying back? He, Wait. with I think the Canada restrictions, he had to fly back and then pay for a hotel himself to stay like three-ish days till he got oh, a negative yeah. result back. They do that. The, yeah. the current Canadian restrictions are basically that if you travel into Canada, you have to quarantine in a hotel for three days while you get your COVID test back. And then after you get that test result back, and if it's negative, then you can go somewhere else and you still have to quarantine for up to two weeks. Hmm. Basically. Okay. Um, that makes sense. So, so he is obviously stuck in a hotel with no PC. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Super unfortunate. Yeah. He was just he was messaging the group chat like the entire tournament going like, "Hey guys, I got I'm drinking I I'm on this king bed. You guys better win." Chilling <laughs> <laughs> and watching. Um, actually, actually, I'm curious about. So, if people don't really know Swisher's history, he actually played for Yeah Gaming for a while. So that was kind of the the team, the Brazilian team that decided to mix in a couple of players. It was um when you joined, who else did they add? Was it was it Booby? Uh, we played with Tatazine for yeah. probably about a month and then we were looking for a replacement for him we tried out twice oh, okay. um and then booby and okay. booby was the one we went through went okay again if, if listeners don't know booby is just bu um he just he changed his name for a, probably a very good reason <laughs> i think esl forced they they uh, restricted his name on esl streams oh really he went, yeah really? he was allowed to have it yep oh on hl tv oh. i think he's just bu now though yeah, I think he requested to have it changed, I think. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. I see. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be a little awkward to say on the desk constantly, Booby did this, Booby did that. Yeah. So. Dude, two <laughs> years ago, I knew that this would happen eventually. Like, I knew if he ever made it into, like, a good NA team, that he'd have to just change his name. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm curious, like, when you... Because there's like a lot of teams that are doing this. Like, I mean, Junior's doing this with Furia. I think the first obvious example is Stewie joining MIBR with Tarek. Uh, I, I'd say like it, it is it is more prevalent now. Brazilian players are beginning to mix and inter intermingle with uh, just NA types. And I was, I think the main question I have is definitely like, how do your comms function there? Are they really proficient in English, or like how did it go for you? Um, like for the vast majority, they they all spoke pretty pretty fluent English. Um, Duma was probably the least fluent speaker, mm. but he definitely um was getting a lot better. Kind of always taught, always hearing English in the comms, and but that's why he's like the best that. player. That's why, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all he didn't understand anything. He's just going around and shooting people. Um, <laughs> but it honestly, they they had said to me that they felt like after like kind of a month-ish they felt like the comms the clots are better in english than in portuguese for whatever reason oh wow that things were more precise and not as long like a whitehall would be some like untrained whitehall would be something much longer oh um hmm. in portuguese it felt like it took longer to communicate it for some reason i don't know um but honestly the comms weren't too bad there's only a couple rounds um where things kind of uh, communication errors kind of cost us a round or two. Yeah, I'm sure it happened like way more at the beginning than yeah, than later. Um, definitely. Uh, actually, what what can you say about Doom? It's Dumao or Duma? Duma. Duma. 
Yeah. Okay. So Dumont, I'm pretty sure he plays for Godsent now, right? Yep. Yeah. So what? And I think people are looking at him a lot as definitely the the rising talent on that team. I think it's kind of between him and Phelps for me for who is usually on top uh, in an, for impact in a game. I guess how would you describe his play style for for people that aren't as familiar? Um, honestly, he's he kind of has like a simplest Zaiwisk play style. Like he's always like he baits sure a little bit, but like um, he's always going. A one v four is always possible when Dumas on the server. Um, oh, okay. He he will just make something happen out of nothing, and he's a really aggressive rifler. And he's he was even IGLing at the end of yeah. Um, oh wow! For a portion of it, and uh, he's just a really really smart player, honestly. Cool. For how young he is, honest. Like I think he's seventeen now. Yeah, he's really young. I think he's seventeen. Yeah. Sounds right. Yep, seventeen. Do Mal Bates. That's the episode <laughs> title. <laughs> <That's> the- <laughs> he, we would always be like, we would joke or something like, Duma, why are you baiting? Because like he'd be, he'd be like a one v three or something. He'd be like, oh yes, I bait. I know <laughs> all the time. It is like kind of brokenish English. Yes, I bait. <laughs> oh uh, man. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm also interested. So, how is practicing in North America been over the last? I guess since quarantine started i mean i think i think i think it's pretty i guess you i mean you always really practice in na so it's not like you have a like a point of reference necessarily mm-hmm. but um has it felt more sparse in terms of practice partners and things especially since valorant came in definitely um like with uh, all of the tier one teams leaving to europe uh, scrims have kind of definitely taken a tank um i think more so recently they've kind of been more on an uprise we've been kind of sc- we have our few teams that we like to scrim um, that actually practice to practice and not just run around for the majority of the time. Right. Um, which you, surprisingly is a lot of teams. Top MDL teams just on nuke will push lobby 15 out of 15 rounds with shotguns. Mm. Um, like, why waste our time? Very efficient practice, of course. Why waste our time? Um, we'll leave a scrim if they're really cool. doing that. And it's just like, why waste our damn time? Um, um do you think the do you think the addition of cash cups have helped sort of add to the the practice element in terms of like more teams being able to, I think so. to have good practice rounds? Yep, I think I definitely think so. Because um, I feel like that's kind of honestly when they when they started to get better again, um, we're seeing more more actual executes, more teams playing together a little bit more together, um, but more so like. I I feel like let me look at the bracket. I'd say like over half the teams there's like a big gap in MD. Like there's a top two or three teams in MD or in Premier. And then there's like a big group of maybe like seven or eight teams that are all kind of around that same level. And I think just this little bit of practice that they're kind of doing, putting in the more work will kind of almost take them up to that next tier. Um, so I'm I'm gonna make it is what you're saying. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. You're talking uh, about like the RBG Recon Five sort of t- teams, right? RBG Recon Five. I don't know if Recon Five screaming recently. Um, Secret Club Third Impact, especially they put in a lot of work. Yeah, um, we like to scrim them. Rise GGPR. Um, teams like that. Okay, actually, actually, I'm curious. Um, this is a little off uh off the schedule but or the listing of topics but i'm curious how you would tier 
the NA premier teams then. So what would you say is like, I'll say it like this. What would you say is the S tier and S tier is teams that can win premier this season? Like that they actual very likely to make it probably put like three, maybe four teams here. It would be the four would be just triumph high coast us and extra salt. Yeah. I I think that's, I think that's pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah. I I would agree with that. Um, I think depending on literally depending on whoever has a good week that week of playoffs, that's going to make them win premiere. All these we can all beat each other, I believe. And, Outside uh, of those four, which team would you say has impressed you the most this season? Probably RBG. Yeah, yeah. I think I would agree with that too. I Just think so. Having played them, I feel like they Sometimes you know their exec is coming and you still like, oh, we just weren't in the perfect way to counter it because we knew how to counter it. But if we're not, if we're not in like, if we don't have the perfect nades we went over to beat it, then it's just like, it's too good of an exec. Like, what the hell? We, we can't do anything yeah. about that. Hex is having a really good season. Hex is really good, actually. Okay. Heck, okay. Let's just ju- start jumping into some of the teams, uh, actually. Because uh, t- we just mentioned that RBG, I, I don't, I think that. We've talked about them before, but Swisher, what's your opinion about RBG as a lineup? Maybe just like actually, how about how about like their team structure or like players that jump out to you? Um, it was kind of sad to see the uh, I think they had two members leave for Valorant. G Man yeah. two and uh, we're bad for not knowing. Uh, Pony, player, yeah. Pony, Pony, Pony. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was kind of sad seeing that because I think they've been together for seasons, many, many seasons. But I feel like that honestly like has to years. help. It was legitimately like two years. Two years? As, yeah. as an advanced team, by the way. Like or that's, a year and a half or something. Massive credit, like massive credit to them. for That's crazy. That's, that is crazy. I feel like that's why we're seeing them play so well. Because they still have those those core three uh, members of Wiz, Chop, and Walco. No, Wiz, Chop, or Wiz, Walco, and Hex. Wiz, Hex, yeah. Yeah, Wiz, um, Hex, and Walco. Those core three still obviously play, play really well together and really enjoy playing um, with each other. And that kind of probably, it's got to. Uh, help kind of push uh, the the Wolfie and Chop duo to kind of perform a lot better and feel more included. I actually asked Wolf yesterday how to pronounce his name. It's just Wolf. It's not Wolf. It's just Wolf. Yeah, I was surprised. I was actually surprised about that. Um, so there's just extra letters there for no reason. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. they're okay. all silent <laughs> after the first <laughs> F. It's all silent. It's just an extra F E. Yeah. What a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I think I, I can tell they like each other. Okay, I have one little like anecdote about this team. I was watching one of their demos because I was like anti-stratting them. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were talking about at the end of a train game that they lost to Extra Salt. They were in voice chat. And I think it was like Walco, Hex, or Wiz, like some combination of those three. Two of them were talking to each other. And they were asking about each other's mothers in the voice <laughs> chat. And I was just listening in. And I was like, why? It's so funny. I hear this on a demo. Like they were talking about each other's families. Like they, they're really comfortable with each other. Like if that's any insight. I, I don't wonder if they thought anybody would ever hear that. <laughs> probably not. Yeah, probably not. Um, oh, man. Okay, so I'm glad to see like lineups like RBG stick together though. Like this yes. is the this is the thing that I've really tried to push in in stuff I've written at least about NA teams is that the longer you guys stick together and the more longevity you have as a roster, the more organizations will be interested in picking you up because they're not then picking up a roster that's going to be making a player change every like one month, every two weeks, mm-hmm. which a lot of these teams do, by the way. 
Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think this premier season might have had some of the most roster changes in, in a couple of seasons at the very least. Um, it feels like it. So, yeah, not only do you build that rapport with each other, you're also incentivizing orgs to pick you up. Because mm-hmm. what? Sorry, do you guys think the reason why the there are more changes now is actually because there's more money to be had and people are actually taking it seriously and making cuts they were always supposed to make? Or is it just more of the same? Probably a combination. Yeah, I think it's more of the same. But but like I think what you're bringing up with the more money thing, it's kind of like you have more events now to test your lineup. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, after after one cash cup and one qualifier, you kind of like, oh, OK, who's who's not right, who's okay. doing really well, who's fitting in and who's like the odd man out or something like that. Also, teams are giving like upcoming players a bit more of a chance to because they're noticing them through cash cups. Like maybe they get knocked out by a team in advance because one player really stood out and destroyed them or something like that. Yeah, it's so, kind of like the old like local land thing where mm-hmm. if a guy takes if a guy does really well, even if you beat him, sometimes you'll just recognize that like, oh yeah, I remember you. You were owning us. Um, let's let's switch over to something Mix can talk about. Extra salt, extra salt. Your old team, your old guys. This team won DreamHack Open, and very convincing, super convincing victory. Actually, uh, especially in the grand finals. I mean, the maps were kind of close here and there, but it actually felt to me like Extra Salt was in control for the entire series after the first, probably the first eight rounds. After the first eight rounds, I felt like they never. There was never a moment where I was like, "Oh, Pain's yeah. making a comeback here" or anything yeah. like that. So there was that like eight rounds free on train where it was like, oh, pain might get a map, but then they just got locked out of it. <laughs> yeah. After. Extra salt was already up like 10 rounds, though, or yeah. something like or like, yeah, it was crazy. 11, four, maybe. Yeah, something like that. It was just a pretty dominant half for uh, extra salt to on the T side of train. So mix. Um, did you expect this? Did you think this team was going to reach these heights again? Uh, yeah, I mean, I expected them to, you know, go back and then especially with the teams that are currently there and just absolutely fucking dominate. Um, pretty much win you know most of their series and stuff, and win events like this. Uh, I think even if they played Liquid, considering the state Liquid was in, uh, I probably would have put my uh, my odds on them to to beat Liquid in like a best of five. Um, Do you think so? With the with the conditions Liquid was playing with, in, yeah, Fallen on one hundred fifty thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fallen was dropping like seven kills on a map a lot of the time. So Fallen's like one fifty, Naf had like eighty ping, that and just. And also just with Liquid, it's like so much, it's so different being like going from, you know, playing with, you know, playing, uh, playing together in a room. Yeah. yeah, Playing in a facility together for like a few months and then going back home and playing this like event where you're all just like totally separated and it can add like a lot of, a lot of randomness to it. So I definitely expected Extra Salt to come in and I'm glad they're like candidly winning these, these events because I think they definitely should be. And OC is just like a class above anyone else in NA right now that's not on EG or or Liquid. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think I think OC like I think people in NA kind of knew he was having his uh his rise. Like, um, I mean, you were you were mentioning it before that kind of like at the tail end of you guys being signed to Cloud Nine originally, that it was kind of like, is it OC number one, floppy number two now? And I think he's really making a, a statement that you mean drop by Cloud Nine. Yeah, when you when you were yeah. dropped by yeah, when they were dropped by Cloud when when that lineup was originally dropped by Cloud Nine. Yeah. yeah, it was and and why like okay, actually I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there for other people. If you guys if you think or for Note and Swisher, if OC were included in the original C9 lineup instead of Woxic, do you think they would have succeeded more? Yes. Yes. One hundred percent. 
100. I, I think I think there's there's zero doubt in that sense. He's just been playing absolutely nuts this this entire year. Like he, so for example, his his tournament rating in in this Dreamhack event was 1.38 over 10 maps. His tournament rating for the year, like all of 21 so far, 2021 so far, is 1.37. Like that's some ridiculous consistency to have, and with being an opper, he's putting up like simple numbers in North America right now, and you just can't, like, you just can't doubt the fact that he's playing at that sort of level at this point. Yeah, it also would have just like not just including like the level he's playing at, but it would have helped with the chemistry right off the bat and having like well. having like at least like two players that have played together before on the team because the original roster literally was just five people that have never played on the team, you know, with each other before. So even just having like two people kind of like having that same chemistry carrying over would have been really helpful, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It Got been... how, how does it feel to play against OC Swisher? It's not fun. Um, <laughs> I think <laughs> there was a round on train. I think the series we beat them just the other day. Um, there was a round on train where he 1v3'd us. I dinked him and I'm yelling at Pete to, to just peek him. And he's like, I'm scared. And he peeked him. He jumped. He was running away. OC killed him. OC wins the 1v3. And then he, Pete's yelling at me, blaming me. I'm like, I dinked him. <laughs> just pistol him. In Europe, like you have that, but it's just like you see you're up against like some like new Russian team that you haven't played before. And then like you go and check out their stats and whoever their opera is probably has like a 1.30 rating. Uh, <laughs> And CIS currently, <laughs> so you just know you're gonna get absolutely fucked. Just yeah, whoever. And you know, if you're an NA, it's probably like that playing against OC at the moment. Kind of is. You gotta feel bad for Floppy though, sitting there on Cloud Nine when both OC and Floppy had offers to join. OC was like, "Yo, Floppy, let's not join." And then, you know, yeah. Floppy joins. <laughs> gotta yep. feel for them there. Yeah, especially sure. since uh, yeah, on. since since extra salt passed C nine now in the world ranking. Uh, this is, I mean, this came out like yeah, twenty minutes ago or so, and it's just like, like, I know, I know, Floppy's bank account isn't sad about this, but I know that like, there's probably like, do you know, getting shipped to Serbia, and not playing with your your, I'm I'm sure he's integrated well in terms of you know relationships with his current team and coach and henry and things like that but at the same time you're it's he's almost like do you think is there like na fomo a little bit like wishes he was just he was just still here a little Uh, bit i mean i'm sure there's a bit but it's probably exaggerated by the fact that like our team hasn't really been able to boot camp Mm -hmm. because it's yeah as in it's literally impossible for us to get a boot camp going like we've been trying especially recently to you know find some sort of solution so it's like that just like visas and gotcha. lockdowns and COVID and just, you know, it's all a fucking mess. And, you know, so you can't really get that going. And so, you know, he's just kind of chilling with at least he has like Zeppa now with him before he was just, you know, pretty much alone in Serbia. Well, Kassad like, lives in the same building, but, you know, obviously it's not the same as having like someone like, you know, Eric that he's actually friends with. Yeah. You know, having him around. So that's a bit better, but, you know, it's still just not the same as when you have like your entire team with you and you're all like kind of practicing whether it's in like the same house like extra solid is at the moment which is pretty beneficial or um you know just like a boot camp here and there mm-hmm. um i'm curious from your guys perspective so extra salt brought in marky recently for motm and what do you guys think how do you guys think that changes the dynamic of the team maybe improves them or uh just just any thoughts on it uh swisher what, what do you think about marky for motm um 
I still feel like it wasn't maybe the best of move. Oh, okay. Um, I feel like they don't necessarily... Fang has been kind of filling in that role of that super aggressive entry fragger uh, recently, but I feel still like um, Ian is kind of will throw his life away no matter... MOTM will, would throw his life away no matter what, basically for his team to succeed in the round. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of... Like, yes, they're kind of doing that, but I don't know if, if the pressure really comes to it and it's like a super close series, how their entry fraggers are going to kind of run in. Like how they would actually uh, kind of feel in that pressure. Um, so, you, so you think on like a high pressure land situation that MOTM, I mean, he he lived and died by it, but other people, you know, might hesitate. It, I think it definitely could yeah. kind of come up as a potential issue, but I don't know. We'll have to see They're going to Europe soon. So yeah, I'm excited for that. Move. I think they needed one. They, if they picked up Think, um, obviously, and then like sort of tried to sort the roles out with Ian, doesn't really work. Eventually, at some point, you have to like, and then eventually, it's like, like at the moment, it's like Fang is like the MOTM replacement essentially, mm-hmm. and Marky's more so the the floppy replacement, and it kind of like clears up the roles a bit more. Obviously, I yeah, have no idea how they'll do going into Europe with that. Um, generally, like also, they can kind of rely on Johnny to be the guy that will just kind of like go in and just throw his life away if they need to. Um, yeah, I haven't really seen too much of Fang yet, um, in terms of like how he plays and how he'll fit in in Europe and stuff. So I can't really say too much about how how that will affect them. But I think a, I think it was a good change to kind of like to clear up the rules again, and just in general, I think a change like I think eventually they needed to change out like one of the core, yeah, to find someone that a like not just like has more potential, but just like to, to change the team up a little bit, freshen it up. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'd agree with that. I was, I was not sure how to rate the change at first. I thought it wasn't a great move, uh, just bring, just swapping out MOTM, just because I think he brings like just a different intangible factor on LAN, and that's that's something that rates the team a little bit higher going forward. But then again, it, it just seems like bringing Marky in and removing Modems balanced their roles out a lot better. Like Sonic was playing really well this tournament, for example, something that we hadn't really seen from him for the last couple of events they'd played um so i think that overall it's helped them but i'm curious like like you guys said i'm curious how it'll impact them when they go to europe and play against some of the better teams that are there yeah i i think that marky is uh i mean there's like some i think you guys have already talked about what they lost when they lost motm but i think marky when i watched him at dreamhack that i think he's like defaults i feel like he's really good at getting a lot of information and uh just just playing like you know just aggressive enough sometimes sometimes he'll die in defaults but on ct defaults he almost never dies and that's super valuable that he can play like you know he can be the guy in in ladder uh, on train just aggressive and like it's almost like he'll never lose that fight uh i feel like that's his home you know so it's always just going to be valuable when you can have like an aggressive ct rifler that doesn't really need a lot of support so I remember talking to you just before uh just before this tournament about RZU coming in for Bad News Bears in place of John G and you're like, there's only two players that I fear in FPL and it was RZU and I think uh I think RZU just has RZU has my number on FPL for some reason and no like the only other like I don't know what it is, dude. RZU can just headshot me all the time, but like I feel like he doesn't win a lot, but he just always owns me. Like <laughs> I don't know. He's I know he's talented and skilled and everything. I guess um yeah, Switcher, what was how was it switching in uh Rizu for for uh for John G? Um it honestly we didn't have any practice, not a single yeah. game of practice with him. Um so it was a little, it was pretty rough, I would go on and say. 
Yeah, um, yeah, it, yeah. I understand that. Uh, I was trying to. I was kind of almost in some spots taking over John G's role, and Reza was almost taking over my role because um, uh, I knew okay. what kind of John G kind of yeah. did um, when Jeff RZU didn't really know too too much. Uh, I see. But it definitely we took only team to take a map off of extra salt. So that's true. We yeah, on, those. The, on on that note, just like Marky is one of those players, I feel like instills fear in people in in a lot of matches as well. Just like when he's coming out swinging, dude, he he owns some people, and it's just he's across your screen, oh, double thinking you with an MP9. It's hella scary. Especially when extra salt goes to Europe. The main thing I'm worried about is their CT side still. Like mm-hmm. how we always struggled on C9 because I felt we never we never really like took enough initiative to like try to like freshen up our CT side and like you know try to play a bit differently with the players we had and I think that could be really fucking rough um depending on how like the chemistry is with Marky and Sonic both on the team in terms of comms and then in terms of Fank who is still like pretty new like their CT sides when they get to Europe could be really rough especially if OC isn't able to is like is like having a game where he's not really able to find like a ton of impact early I will say that against Pain on Inferno in the Grand Finals, one thing I noted is that, and I feel like this is pretty prevalent um, in terms of just teams at the highest level in general, and I w- I'm curious about your guys' thoughts about it too, that uh, I've noticed that it feels like there's kind of been a paradigm shift in my eyes that where like normally you see like a 5v4, and, I, and it was kind of like, I think Yakinder opened my eyes to this the most, that basically like when you're in a 5v4 on Inferno, the best thing to do is not just sit back on the bomb sites. And that's what extra salt was kind of doing for the first like eight or nine rounds. They were just kind of chilling. And then, but then pain just exact and they would just always lose uh, extra salt would always lose. So I noticed that Sonic would just get aggressive. And I think OC two just with the op, like, you know, just peaking all the time, even, even in man up situations. And I was kind of curious. I feel like that goes against what a lot of analysts would say is like a fundamental of CS that you should play back in those situations. But I've begun to change my like idea on the matter where I think now it's like you should just look for inf- if you're in a man up situation on certain maps, it's contextual, of course, like train. It's OK to chill a little bit more. But like Inferno, I think everybody's execs are too good now where you don't want to sit back, actually. So Swisher, do you, do you feel like your team like prescribe or like do you guys do that ever like uh yeah if you're gonna sit back then like the most important thing is like just making sure you actually have like nades to do like a proper retake like a one like like you have a proper retake sorted out like you know what the fucking protocol is you're not just like heading to the site and you're like okay okay i'm gonna molly this uh you you smoke that and then you're just Mm -hmm. hoping it like all works out like you need to have like a set retake you need to have like the nades to do it because i agree like we were playing heroic and there was like three situations or so where like this has been like kind of a common sense of the team so far is like playing not to lose and like you know getting into like those 4v2 situations and like playing like retake b but like we're doing that yeah. when we have we have no nades to play the retake and like a 2v4 retake on inferno b site especially when you have an op is like very winnable like that's very easy to win yeah um, and so we just kept doing that kept falling to that trap like of just Playing scared when you didn't have the nades to really get back, like get crawl yourself back into the rounds. Yeah, I kind of agree. Like, um, I think coming in, kind of like what you just said, mix was the playing to not lose. Um, I think that's a really bad mindset to honestly have. Um, uh, what Nate Madcow has kind of told me, like probably over a year ago now, that like playing to not lose is like is not the best. You, it's just better to play to win. 
every round um, because it might be the exact same play. You might do the exact same thing in both kind of thoughts, but you're kind of you're playing it a little bit differently. Like in one sense, you're going to be playing like you'll peak something just like because you're confident compared to I'm playing to not lose. So I'm just going to hide and wait and wait and wait, um, which kind of leads to being scared and losing stupid rounds. Yeah, yeah. that's like that's a mindset, especially in seen that's been hard to overcome when you have like you know the intense like hype and pressure that's been built on the team and like mm-hmm. it feels like you know you have like five new players that haven't really been able to play together so every match just feels super fucking difficult you know every match has a ton of pressure on it and that kind of just lends itself to just you know you're playing not to lose so you don't have to fucking like listen to the community just fucking badger on about you instead of okay. just you know playing the win and you know just actually you know just trying to win some fucking games mm-hmm Bit of a tangent here quickly, but I'm curious on what your thoughts are on Madco now that you've had a bit more time to to play with him. Because I talked to Peter briefly a little bit after you brought him on, and that was like I think only two weeks or something after you guys had added him. So you didn't have much time with either him or MC. I'm just curious, like what MC brought and now what Madco's brought to you guys. Mm-hmm. I think definitely MCE was more of like a strategical. He definitely could help a lot more. Like on the strategy side and yelling at people because he was uh, we i think we had him for like a week and he would yell at me he would yell at alter he'd call us idiots for doing something and i'd be like oh my god jesus <laughs> yeah. you know actually this is kind of a bit of a tangent off of that but a fun fact actually is that like five years ago alter was on the team that i like the first ever team that i coached uh, like esca intermediate just for like <laughs> like random people i messaged on esca Oh my I mean, god! Like, it's just kind of funny that like he's kind of like stayed around and I've stayed around. Yeah, and that, that was literally like five years ago. And like, <laughs> Jeez, I say, crazy. I say, I say, coach like very, very loosely, very loosely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Nate Madcow, he's um, he he's been working like he works. I think Thursdays through Saturday, either Thursday through Saturday, or Thursday through Sunday. So he's not able to be there. He wasn't able to be there for the DreamHack matches. Um, but uh, he definitely adds kind of more of like a chiller kind of vibe to the team because we can definitely tighten up. Um, we definitely tighten up in matches and don't play as loose. Um, but I feel like MCE was definitely more of a coach coach, so to speak. Which which did you prefer? I guess you didn't have much time with MCE, but like, what do you th- what do you think your team needed more or needs more? Uh, as of right now, probably a mixture of both. Yeah. Yeah, I think one kind of lends itself into the other. And as yeah. a coach, it's like you have to like gain experience and like learn how to how those things interact and you know how like one kind of plays into the other. It's kind yeah. of a hard thing to do if you haven't done it before. I I think there's I might think that coaching is actually the hardest and kind of worst job in this space. Like no lie. It's so freaking it's not ever rewarding. Yeah. And then you're like constantly scapegoated like, for yeah. losses. And it's I've just, that, like, they don't know. I, no one knows what you're doing. In the future, like when, you know, past this team or, you know, whatever, once I'm like trying to get more into head coaching, especially in the NA scene, like my biggest scene is going to be that like the organization, like whatever organization you work for, whatever team needs to be like properly structured. And it needs to be like, I'm the fucking coach, you know, whoever's the coach, they're the fucking coach. You're the guy that's in charge. You know, you're not just like a six man for like the five man roster because like, you know, long term, if you have like your five man roster deciding all the fucking player moves, you're just going to endlessly like lead into clicks and like just weird fucking random roster moves where like you get shit like United where 
they had a prime opportunity when Moose left to pick up Floppy, right? Like before mm-hmm. ES on New York, like mm-hmm. you know, a nice young player, and instead they went for Freakazoid because you know, yeah, that's just what they wanted. Nothing really ever came out of it, and you know, also listening to the players was the reason you know they that org pretty much just floundered out of CS, and so like it needs to be like a proper structure, like there needs to be like you know, like properly on the same page. Like I need to have control of the team, and I need to be in charge because otherwise I'm still going to be fucking scapegoated if I'm not, and you know, you're still like. It's still like your reputation that's at stake, and so you know I don't want to like you don't want to go I don't want to like go into a team that like I'm putting my entire reputation on where you know I don't have that control and you know I'm like just kind of bent like left to the player's will almost if that makes sense. Okay, let's uh let's try to wrap up on some of the teams. So we're gonna we're gonna go through a few pretty quickly here and just try to give like some brief thoughts. So let's start with pain. Uh, what have you guys? What have you guys liked about Pain Gaming and their upset over Liquid, especially? I think Safi sort of just owned them, honestly, and I think that was a big part of the fact that Fallen's on 150 ping. Is it yeah. sort of brought me back to the old Liquid, where like Device would just tear them apart on maps like Dust Two. When you don't have an opera that's able to compete against like another really good opera on the server, you're just going to get dismantled, and that's what I felt like happened in that match. Uh, honestly, it felt like they were Liquid was kind of playing like noobs. It, it felt like they were, <laughs> like, if I'm gonna be honest, they just kept walking into Safi yeah. every round. He was just getting free kills every round. Yeah, just, I like, don't think it'd be uh, a stretch to say that Liquid wasn't playing like all there. You know, like they yeah. were. They definitely weren't like fully in this in this event or in that match. Yeah, because um, like honestly, they pain in scrims is a different kind of monster. They they finish rounds in ten seconds every single round in a scrim. But in a match, like we've what I've been telling, like my team is like you, you just need to take what they give you and then just hold because they play the most kind of defaulty T side of probably any Brazilian team right now, and yeah. put like reaggregate and pushing and looking for information will just get you killed almost every time. Um, because they are just always holding, holding, holding something. Yeah, there. I, I actually, I'm glad you bring that up because it reminded me. Just like it feels like pain on CT can be like in your face, pretty brazen, and they like they'll just like if they take space, they'll just stay there for a long time, and it's a it's super annoying, I think, to play against. But on their T side, it's it looks like a European team. It really is just like take map control, hold the map control, make a mid round that like all three, like four of them walk one way, and one guy just stays lurked, you know, something like that. Yeah. It's just like. When you, if you took the nameplates off, I'm pretty sure nobody would think this is a Brazilian team from their T side. CT, like that shit, that shit's great. Sometimes it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Also, I didn't want to tweet it out, but Grim had like the fourth worst map of his career on Dust Two against Pain. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I question still how like Liquid is fitting Grim into their into their team exactly. What I makes you concerned? Like... It just seems like personality wise and just. I feel like he's they're not like fully integrating him as well as they could. And obviously like I get that like they have like a lot of fucking star power in that team. Like it's like, you know, who do you make room for in terms of making him feel more comfortable? There's just like a lot of role clash. And at the moment I feel like Grimm has obviously had to take up a lot of new roles, especially like Tinker Spots. He was like playing some of them before, but like especially now with like his like main role. Um and just like having to do shit like that, I feel like he's not fully comfortable with like the role he's been given in Liquid yet. I could see that. Didn't he play some of like spots Elise has always played and things? You know, I think he only took two spots from Elise, at least initially. I don't oh, know he took now. so he took some from Elise. Okay, well, Elise has bounced back just fine. I, I mean, like he doesn't 
it doesn't matter what you throw at that guy. Like, <laughs> or sorry, maybe he didn't take spots, but I know that they only overlapped in two rolls or something like that. Ah, uh, okay. It's like it's just that, like in terms of like role filling, but also like when you start when you go from playing on Triumph and you go to playing on Liquid with like Elise and Stu and now like Fallen and now like Moses is your coach, it's a lot harder to like find your confidence and like you know people like Stu especially are probably going to be like on your ass all the time and like you know it's you really start to like question yourself. It even happens in like our team, right? When like we first started playing and like floppy was playing a lot of sites with Essa tag and mm-hmm. Essa tag was like just coming from Astralis and like it can kind of wreck your confidence, even if like they're not meaning to, or, you know, they're giving you criticism in like a nice way, but just because it's like, so such like a different experience playing with someone like that, that has like played on like a high level and like seems to like know all the right answers and things like that. When you first start playing with someone like that and you're playing sites with them, for some players, it can be, it can kind of like wreck your confidence, especially at first. Like you don't really, it, you don't really feel like you know what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. They just, they're just telling you what to do all the time. And sometimes yeah. you're like kind of catching, you're playing catch up to them. Um, yeah. That, that being said, I feel like Liquid are in an okay place still. Like, okay, I feel like this loss was obviously really bad and they should have like serious up and like, you know, yeah, I don't think they're panic time or anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, but they, they just, yeah, right. They just, they just well. came in top four at IM Katowice. Like, I think they're, they're doing, they're on the right track. They beat Navi in a BO3, you know, and they beat Vitality in a BO3. They beat, yeah. they, they rematch phase and beat that. Like their run at Katowice was actually really impressive uh, until the playoffs where they obviously just lost. So something that did strike me as odd, I'm not sure if you guys have watched any of the, the like liquid um, documentary vlog sort of things that they have from their boot camp. Uh, but their last one from the playoffs of Katowice, like Stewie was really quiet. And I don't know if that's just because they mm-hmm. cut out like a lot of the parts where he is being vocal. But even after the match, a lot of the other players were talking and Stewie was like pretty, pretty like dejected. And I guess that makes sense given the loss, but just like he was really quiet. And that makes me wonder if that's like going to be an issue going forward because he's usually a pretty vocal player, right? So I wonder if that's uh, that's part of the issue they had or not. Yeah, I I guess I guess like switching off of IGL is always kind of like a a weird feeling because that that tournament was the first one Fallen called right or one of the first right. I think from so, the playing stage onward, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So so I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so like I mean, t- getting taken off the IGL role entirely, you kind of are finding what your voice should be on the team again. Like how, how much space is he giving fallen? So if he's trying to battle that dynamic, then I can give him a little bit of like leeway here. So I'm not, I'm not going to be too harsh on it, but it's just kind of like coming for like losing to pain here was a bad look. Cause the maps they lost, they looked, they weren't even in them. So yeah. Uh, all right, moving on. Let's go to another more local team. High coast. High Coast made it to the playoffs here of DreamHack Open. Uh, you know, this team, the main point I had for this team that was really weird is that I've kind of heard things like MOTM is calling and I heard that he's calling Ben, ben Lee. I, I talked to Ben Lee and Ben Lee said he's still IGL, but MOTM is calling on Vertigo and RCF. You say, Swisher, you're saying that RCF used to be an in-game leader also, right? Yeah, for yeah. Okay, so uh, yeah. what... How do you think this dynamic works between... Okay, this team is kind of weird for me. I'm, I'm not going to lie. The rules are a little strange. Um, Ponalone switching, has switched off the hop. We've talked about him on this podcast, that Ponalone is pretty sick and sweet, but now he's like kind of the secondary to RCF more so. And then uh, Ben is calling, but not every map. And then RCF has a lot of ideas as an in-game leader, and he's like a really aggressive opera. Um 
I think Bew is actually somehow holding up decently. <laughs> like he's just he just knows what his job is, so he's yeah. fine there. Um, but but Swisher, how does how does this team makeup look to you? Uh, I think the like obviously the removing DJ kind yeah. of was a a shocking look because um, mm-hmm. I think he was IGLing beforehand on that team. DJ was the IGL before. I'm like ninety percent sure. Um, okay. And they removed him. And I think I'm I'm pretty sure, well, from like playing against them, it definitely feels like Rodrigo's mid-rounding RCF. Um, at least a little bit. But I, I can definitely see a mixture of Ben kind of kind of is Ben's IGO. But honestly, I don't really that makeup, that team makeup is just so odd. Like you have just MOTM who's just like a hard entry. Um, well, if he sticks with the team, that is. Um and then you kind of have Boo, who's a lurk, and then Pwn and RCF, who are both oppers, and then Ben, who's kind of more like another lurk-ish. Yeah. They don't really have a second or third in. Yeah, I think they're maybe trying to make it Pwn alone now, which is strange. That's just weird to me. I I, uh, I respect Hykos for making it to the playoffs here, and I actually think their win over Triumph was pretty... It was pretty exciting. I wouldn't, it, I wouldn't say it's convincing. Like... I mean, two of the games that they won were tr- triple OT and and single OT. I and think. Triumph so, had match point on both of those maps, fifteen, fourteen. Exactly. So good, good, good call there. Like this is a weird look, and I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm just curious how this is going to move forward for this team personally. Like I don't know if they're comfortable with this lineup or what. Um. So I think it's kind of a wait and see team. You know, that is that fair for you guys? I, I feel like they can, like like Swisher said, they can win Premier on like a really good week, but they also like, I, I don't know. I feel like they could just also collapse too. It's strange. Yeah, they don't strike me as a team that's consistent yet, or like even one that I can say will be consistent soon. They're just a really odd team right now, yeah. especially given like the weird role overlaps where there's apparently four people IGLing at different points. <laughs> I don't know. Just seems like too many ideas are on the table for them and that's just going to get fusing going forward unless they resolve that really quickly mm-hmm. um okay all right let's uh let's move off teams actually we have a handful of patreon questions we actually got four this time we'll do three now and then one will kind of take the place of the question of the week just for the show's flow so uh the first one here is from patrick roland and he's saying as a huge og original gambit fan i would love for you guys to talk about where that team stands as they are right on the cusp of top tier cis play he submitted this question admittedly before katavica but um just as a precedent that i'm setting i'm not gonna answer questions until someone pays at least once for the patreon so this was actually before so this guy was like "Ooh, are gambit gonna be good and now they're good so like they're like <laughs> obviously good so um i guess what have you, what do you guys like from gambit because we didn't really talk about katavica much we kind of skipped the pod um, I mean, obviously, Shiro's sick. Yeah. But uh, honestly, their IGL really impressed me as well. In this tournament, like, he played really well. They called really well. Is it not Naphany, I think? It's Naphany, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was struggling to remember the name, so thanks. Yeah. Um, I think they're a team that I don't really want to rate until we get back to land play, though. Like, I don't really know where to put them overall until I can see them play against teams on land. Not saying mm-hmm. they won't perform. But just the way like pressure gets added on land and the way teams just play different, I want to see how they how they hold up there. 
on top of that, I, I think they're a really young team, right? Yeah. They were giving yeah. youngsters beforehand. Yeah. yeah. yeah their, their oldest player now is like Hobbit. Hobbit. Yeah. Their average age is 21.1 years. Yeah, so. by the way, love to see that shit. Hobbit just coming back and just fucking spanking everyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, that is actually he, he, like, he fell off for a bit, like, on, like, that Hellraiser's roster. But, like, even back then, I was like, I feel like this guy can still be fucking sick. Like, he can, like if he gets another chance, like, I always felt like Hobbit. I would, like, watch his demos. I was, like, scouting him just, like, mm-hmm. just, like, back in the day. And I was just, like, I feel like this guy's still, like, pretty decent. And I can see him being, like, pretty much exactly what they've moved him into, like, being a really good fucking, like, anchor role player type guy. Yeah. He he can get multi frags so frequently from positions where it feels like there's a lot going on, and he just kind of like in those tense moments can break it down and just like aim at the right spot at the right time, like just picks and shoot. It kind of reminds me of like when Floppy's having a really good round. It's like Hobbit does that a lot, actually, where it's just super solid, just control of situations. Um, yeah, I think Axile Axile plays a lot of the spots that I'm playing now in Premiere, and just like I'm just watching his demos, and I'm just like, okay, this just feels like really great solid standard ways to play everything and i think the the whole land angle about how this team will do on there i think might hurt them a lot because they play like they seem so confident playing without much like they have they get info at sometimes but they also kind of like gam they sometimes gamble and they sometimes are like they're they're they break that mold where I was kind of like, I feel like a lot of teams in 5v4s will still push for information. Gambit sit back a lot more than other teams for me right now. Like they don't mm-hmm. They don't re-aggress on CT nearly as much as I see other teams do it. And I feel like they just have good setups in the mid-late round. And I don't know if that's always going to work. You know what I mean? Like, the crossfire might not, might fold if uh, people throw better execs at them or something. Yeah, but at the same time, like, if they're, like, sitting back and, like, playing like that, that shit's going to benefit them more on land than it will online. Like, yeah. I feel like part, I feel like part of the reason for that meta shift is, like, online and the fact that taking duels via just peeking people and swinging and you know taking the fight to people is so much stronger than like trying to sit back and like hold an exec and like try yeah. to want a gunfight and the guy swinging with you like it's just nearly impossible to do so it feels like what's important right now on ct sides is like taking initiative a lot and you know taking mm-hmm. the fight to people and you know taking fight on like your ground yeah online it feels like everybody wants to fight on their own terms and not be on the back foot ever they never want to mm-hmm. be passive Dude, okay. I'm literally even like watching Astralis and I'm just seeing the pre just peak James yes. holding an op top mid just like one like with like 130 left in the round. And I'm like, dude, if Astralis like if the pre is just like peaking mid every fucking round, just dry and just taking fights, it's like, yeah, that, that tells you a lot. Like, yeah, about how it's all that's moved. Yeah, it's like, that's just what you need to do at the moment. Like, that's how you, that's how you win games. My question with Gambit is just like, when you reach the level that they have right now, you start getting a lot of teams watching your demos and trying to trying to counter you. And I just wonder, like, going on to land, whether they'll be able to to handle keeping that level, if that makes sense. Like, that's where a lot of teams, the- they, re- they reach a plateau, right? It depends on, like, the pressure they're feeling by then. Yeah. Like, at the moment, they'll be feeling the pressure that all eyes are on them. They're no longer, like, the underdog. Like, we go into our EPL group, we play Navi first, and then we play Gambit. And, you know, we're under the hooks against Gambit at the moment, you know, like, so, like, the pressure is literally, you know, even though we're, like, the hype roster, whatever, like, the pressure is more on them, uh, at least in their minds, especially to, you know, win that match versus us. Mm-hmm. So, it's, like, one, just how they handle the pressure over, like, the next few months of, like, you know, being considered, like, one of the top teams in the world, and then, like, you know, how that transitions over into playing on land. 
Cool. Yeah. Um, second question. Second Patreon question is from Fursock. And he says, at what point in the history of CSGO was it the hardest to grind up through the ranks of open to MDL slash Premier? And at what point was it the easiest, specifically for NA? I feel like uh, right now it generally might be the easiest. Like That seems like the easy answer, but also it just seems like the correct answer at the moment, just with the mass exodus. I think um, it I think does, but wasn't there a point where now. you could go straight from open to MDL? Like, wasn't that's there a true. point where, like, popping open got you into MDL yeah. or something? <laughs> I think that's, like, season 28 and before, like, around then. Yeah. And I think we're in season 36 or 35 now, so yeah. 30, yeah, 36. Yeah, yeah I guess so, when they say it in terms of, like, leagues, I guess I was thinking more of just, just like, in general, climbing your way up into the, the top echelon of the scene. I th- Yeah, I think, like, six months... I think when Valorant first came out, I think it was probably the easiest. I think that's when there were a lot of just teams, like... uh, Like, I don't know, when I... I feel like it always feels like it's getting easier, but then it's also just because like, I think my game knowledge is increasing. And so I, I see, I feel like I'm more critical now of lower tier teams where it's like, Oh, why are they doing this instead of that? And it's like, Oh wait, that does cause they only have played for a year, you know, or something like that. So they don't know. Uh, Swisher, do you think it's easier now or before? I definitely now. Yeah. Um, cause uh, John G always talks about how I think in season 34, the the championship final for MDL was between Chaos and Mythic. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. That is true. That's what I mean. Like six months ago, it was really weak. Yeah, like that is I'm not saying Mythic <laughs> is a bad team, but they're a stream team. Yeah, how are they? Mythic the team that's in the final. Mythic are the MDL gatekeepers. Like if <laughs> they you, are. they they are the MDL gate, gatekeepers. They shouldn't be in the grand final. Yeah. They should be the team that you have to beat to be like, okay, now I'm an MDL team. Yeah. yeah. Listen, they had a major Grand Slam winner. They they should Dave. I mean, uh, Mythic should always be like in my eyes the fifth best team in MBL. If there's like four above them, I feel good about the season. If there's <laughs> if they're near the top two, that's just like what the hell is happening? Yeah. Yeah. But also uh, now that they don't have KD, I don't think they'll maintain that level. Like KD brought a lot to that team. Yeah. Yeah. She did bring a lot of firepower. It just. Dude, like random headshots all the time. <laughs> like, all right, thought we have this round. Oh, two v four. Okay, yeah. Katie just headshotted two of us. Oh shit, what's happening? Katie just cheating. Yep. Um, essential worker wants to know with the inter- international rosters being more of a norm and Kerrigan being on phase, could Simple ever be saved from his teammates, or are the Navi Kaleshnikovs preventing that? <laughs> I think Simple can do whatever the fuck Simple wants to do. Like. In terms of like, and his like obviously right now, like yeah, I don't think he should just leave Navi. That's probably very expensive. Yeah. Um, but you know, once his contract is up and stuff, like, I mean, if Simple wants to join a team, like that team's probably gonna make room for Simple, no matter like what fucking team it is. So I think someone like Simple, for the most part, pretty much has like their pick of the litter when it comes down, especially in like a free agency time, if they're like not under a contract. Didn't Simple just resign or something though? I, I remember did, he like, had like yeah. Well, he had, I think he, his contract was approaching the end or it might still be approaching the end. I'm not sure, but I feel like he resigned recently. So I'm, I'm actually not sure. about that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was within the last like six months or something. Yeah, exactly. And it was like, if I remember correctly, or maybe I'm just making this up. It was like a, a three year thing. It's yeah, usually it like that right. for most people. So, uh, I feel like the thing with simple is that he, he respects that the other people around, you know, it's almost like simple now is like 
not enough killer instinct whereas before on liquid he was too much of a dick like now he's actually like oh i understand like everybody on my team uh-huh. is like we have to put some things together boomich has got to learn how to call better and it's like i don't i don't know if i would like like empathy simple i want <laughs> cutthroat simple you know i i think i kind of like if he was like i demand a trade right now to phase put me on that team i i mean what what are they, I don't know what's gonna ha- what would happen there. I feel like he he really holds all the chips in these kinds of deals and situations. The thing with Simple is that I think Navi is like the organization he wants to play for. Like when True. he was when he was a kid, Navi was like the organization he looked up to. It's like if you're if you're a 12 year old kid in Denmark right now, you want to play for Astralis, right? Yeah. It's the same sort of deal where like when you make it onto that team and it's the team for your region. Like, why would you really leave it? It's bringing you a lot of fans as well. But if he, you're right, if he had that killer instinct, like, you would think he would want to go onto a championship winning roster. His buyout's probably like 3 million, 4 million. So good luck with that. But I mean, realistically, though, like, if he wanted somebody removed from that roster, he could remove anybody he wanted to. Oh, yeah. I feel like if he wanted to kick Boomich right now, Boomich is gone. He could. Yeah. Boomich is on the streets. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hypothetical for you guys. Do you think kicking Boomich and adding a different IGL would be better or kicking Flamey and adding a different player would be better? I'd probably Uh, go with Flamey first. I'd probably probably just try, like, getting rid of Flamey and just, like, having Bit play full time. Really? What about Monzi? Just kidding. I have no idea if that guy's good or not. He can't yet. He's still 15. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and bit just fits in better into like the spots that Flamey plays, like kind of like those anchor rolls and stuff. Mm-hmm. That dude's aim is fucking crazy. He's you made he plays for... Inferno, right? I believe uh, Inferno and no, was it Nuke? Him. No, no. Flamey still plays ramp there. Uh, jeez, it's been a while since Catavisa happened. I'm pretty so, sure he uh, only ever played Inferno. That was like the map that they deployed him yep. on. Okay, yeah, yeah. One, nope, yep, just only Inferno. He yeah. does play Vertigo Six pretty well, but that's the only other map that he plays, and I don't think Navi even play that map. So, right, yeah, right. that's the problem. Yeah, it's just been Inferno lately. Yeah, mm, yeah, I'd probably go with Flamey also over Boomich. I feel like from what kind of Scrawny was hinting at last time about the bl- the comms on Blast and like um, what the ru- what the Russian or the you know what they're hearing from from that team, like Boomich mm-hmm. is actually doing enough. And it's kind of weird though, because you it's never because like, like I don't know like any other IGL and CIS region that it'd be like feasible to replace Boomich with. That like, what if you could add Nafani? So like uh, I don't know. Even then, it's like you're adding this like I don't know either. Yeah, it's like <laughs> young unknown IGL. True. Yeah. yeah, it's like putting putting these people into a team with electronic and simple, like just upping the pressure so much. I feel like it's really hard to do. Like it's already hard with Boomich, so I feel like at this point. I'd rather just stick it out with Boomich for for a bit more. Bring Zeus back. <laughs> bring bring Angel from Valorant. Bring him back. Um, on today's on list of worst ideas on <laughs> servers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that's enough for the Patreon questions. There, we have one more, of course. Um, but that'll be at the end of the show. Let's get into just some of the brief news topics we've got here. Uh, the first of which, which I think most NA people are the, I would say, easily most excited about, is the fact that Oboe has now joined EG in the stead of Ethan. So we can we can approach this from two angles. Uh, one just being, I mean, obviously, Ethan is gone. And two, like, 
let's start with the let's start with the bad actually so ethan leaving okay how does this hurt eg in your guys eyes uh i mean if you want to be real i think at the moment it could only really help them really okay how they how they've been playing i like the move well even then it's like i don't know it is it is kind of questionable in terms of like how much your form can really change just by like removing one person one and just player. adding like yeah removing one player that's like not even like your IGL or like your opera or anything and just like adding someone else that pretty much just completely fits into his roles and is like all things considered kind of like similar personality wise like they're obviously very different people but you know neither of them are going to be like causing much of a fucking ruckus in a team right you know they're not going to be making much of a scene um assuming things go well so it's like it's like a good move I think like obviously they lose a lot of experience losing Ethan, and I think they, they all like that they are like kind of like different players. Like, so I don't know. I'm kind of losing my train of thought here, but honestly, all in all, I just like I just figured it was like a pretty good move to make. It was like but, a one for one move almost. Yeah, it's just like a lateral move. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think um, my I- only concern is that uh, back on the back on the complexity lineup, apparently Oboe like didn't learn nades or something or had trouble learning nades he or had something trouble like remembering that. nades i think yeah and so if that ends up being an issue with dg then i can see that having a bit of an impact because some of those positions that that ethan played were like he'd use his nades pretty early i think and would usually get fed into like banana and go for two and just yeah. get traded out so that could That's... be troublesome but i think like most of those nades are relatively Easy. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think it would be a mega issue if they're gonna use him in that sort of role. Um so yeah, I'm I think hoping, it's a one for one like lateral move. I'm hoping that kind of got blown out of proportion a little bit, the yeah. not knowing Nate's thing for Oboe. I think that I I'm hoping that was just like a one time thing because like I mean, I don't know if Ethan was like the mega Nate expert for, yeah. for EG or anything, anyways. Yeah. Um I definitely like uh looking at it, um because I know like previously that that EG roster is definitely having some COVID issues, COVID uh-huh. issues um, with traveling and not wanting to travel. Some people did, some people didn't. Um, and that's kind of, I think, why they dipped out of, I think, four tournaments at the end of the year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I think one or two people on the roster didn't want to re-travel back to Europe. The rest mm. did. Um, so obviously, that can kind of have a little bit of inner turmoil on the team, right? Oh yeah. If yeah, half if, the if half the team really want to go and play and the other are like, eh, I really don't want to. Risk yeah. my health for that. Um Yeah. But, and then with the uh, Oja or Obo leaving complexity because he didn't want to be in Europe and now he's going back to Europe. Yeah. <laughs> I get that angle, but also it's like for Obo, it's like a little bit more of a you got to reset like NH. Obviously. Yeah. It's it's just so much different when like you weren't expecting to be in Europe for the entire year and then you were just suddenly on the road like in like the UK and you're just with Rush and like it's really stressful just being in that situation when you weren't prepared for it at all compared to like EG where most likely you're all just going to be like boot camping together if you do go to Europe you know like what the plan is you know when you're going back home that type of thing I think the key thing people are missing with that whole thing is that in my interview with Obo he said that he was open even back then like right when he left he said he's open to boot camping in Europe for long periods the only issue he had is that there was no end in sight to when complexity would come back. Yeah, and that exactly. roster was picked up to be like a team based out of Dallas, out of complexity's like really sick facilities. Exactly. Um, but then they moved to Europe, and all the players are obviously European except for Rush and Obo. So when are they ever going to come back during this whole year? 
Yeah. He had no idea. I, so he now at least he has some prospect of when he can return. Yeah, I think I think it's like kind of clear when people are saying like, oh, but Obo left. Like, is he a wild card? Is he gonna just get up and leave? It's like I don't like just read notes interview with Oboe. Like he's super level headed. Like he just clearly was in an uncomfortable situation where it's kind of like when and I can relate to this. Like when I was playing for Azio in the team house in Oklahoma, it just was like they're like, I don't know, this just feels like an uncomfortable situation. Like, I just don't, I just don't really like it here, you know, like for a multitude of reasons and living here at length for, you know, however long, however many seasons, it's just like, I, that's not, that's not how I envisioned my future, but you know, hey, were you there when the power got cut and all the sheets got taken? No, away? that was like, I, I, uh, <laughs> I like did my, my like stepping, I step, I like left the team, uh, before that happened. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, before he left, he actually passed over me to coach this team, and he got Bibby instead. Oh, well... I do remember I forgot, this still. I forgot what happened with that and why we got him. I think we just... He just showed us a lot... Bibby showed us a lot on day one that was, like, really effective, but then day 10, I can't say the same thing. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, just a couple more topics here. Uh... It looks like Vitality are giving up on their whole six-man thing. Nevera is out completely. And I think Nevera has actually announced that he is, like, very out. Like, it was like, I, th- I feel like yeah. one day I heard he was like, they're not going to continue with it. And then Nevera's like, yeah, I'm not going to continue with it. Like, he wanted to be the guy that ended it. It's like, it's like, it's like you know, being on the side of the breakup. That's like, it's like, I'm breaking up with you, no. And then no, it's like, no, I'm breaking up with you. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's um, the type of smart. He fucking two events of Astralis, and he was like, yeah, let me cash you know, in. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you guys just aren't good enough for me. <laughs> yep. yep. I'm leaving you before, you know, eventually the six Before I get bench skied. That's the tag, the GameStop, GameStop stock of the CSGO scene. He is, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely inflated his stock and then sold yep. sky high. Yeah, and it was actually mostly propelled by Reddit narrative, so also, like, the parallels don't Don't cease there, don't end there. That's pretty funny, but when Patrick on the op fucking absolutely owns Navi, you'll be fucking, you'll see. (laughs) You mean when he wallbangs them, because, I mean, that's that's what he's good at, right? He's just wallbang. He's the wallbang king, actually. Like, actually, he is, so why why does he know all these wallbangs and timings? Because he's He's fucking insanely smart. He just studies those from hella. It's it's actually kind of sick, yeah. Um, Um... the thing okay, is, if, if yeah. hold on quickly, if Vitality's six-man roster experiment failed, oh, poor Bubski, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all I have to say. Swisher, would you bring in a six-man to Bad News Bears? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Me myself, I just don't like the whole six-man roster idea. Um, I know Pete doesn't either. I just don't. I'd rather have five people that mesh well together and just learn how to get past your own faults within a team and if you feel like you have a bad map or somebody plays bad in a certain spot just work on it yeah i feel like i mean i get that but also i feel like there are natural limitations to everything um in terms of like how well someone can naturally play position or like how like someone's peak at like just like a natural position or just in general and like i think i think it made a lot more sense to do with like the intense schedule of last year and even like when like the land team was still when you know we showed going to lands and like people were getting burnt out from shit like that it made a lot more sense for like the top teams to do but obviously long term i don't know how well it would have actually worked out for them like you need like because especially to do that you need like a really like solid like solid like rigged structure and the organization like vitality had with with x taz and you know shit like that it's like really hard to make work it has to be like a really proper thing 
I would almost argue the opposite. I feel like it makes more sense to do during the online era where there's way too many matches and that it would be way more difficult to implement when we go back to LAN. Because yeah, then well, you're in like even... the middle of a best of three, you're swapping out your players yeah. on a PC. It's just going to be really weird, man. It seems like the idea team sad more for like lands and stuff, especially like Astralis. Like, I don't even think this will really work now because it's like who wants to be a six man and just not play. But it was like the idea was like, you know, you have like six or seven people that you have like you can swap out so people can take breaks and stuff like that. Because um, obviously, historically, that's been like a huge problem, especially if like all the travel you do in CS. Um, I will say that I feel like Nevera just felt like too. I, I've already said this on this podcast before, but I felt like Nevera was just way too much of a one trick pony. Like he's just early round aggressive opera. Like that's that's all he felt like he was good at, actually. And then once teams scouted him, like peeking down mid on Inferno, the third time you play Astralis is not going to work. Like it couldn't work the first time because they're like, what the hell is this kid doing? Yeah. But then after a while, it's like, Yo, device is just holding you now, so you're dead. Yeah. So don't. I liked, yeah, I like how they like tried to add like a new dimension with Nevera. Yeah. I feel like it kind of worked at first, especially, but I still feel like long term, like the thing Vitality is still going to end up lacking and sorely needing. It's just like a second like star rifler that can just hang. Like you don't have to be like on Zaiwu's level, but like you know, consistently like like not even like electronic, just like a, like even like a borderline like top twenty rifler. Like I feel like would take that team to like such. Even like an even higher, more consistent level for vitality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think yeah, you're right. If it were like uh, if they got Ethan, if they got- yeah, I was like, I was really about to say that. I was like, if they literally had like a French Ethan, like yeah, they could just put on that team, like they'd be so fucking sick. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I mean, they even said I think they've said like past this lineup they're gonna go like international. I'm pretty sure oh. that was what they. Oh. That was what they. That, that was what they said when Shocks joined. They said that like this is like the final lineup that was gonna be like full French. Mm. Obviously, there was the Navarra theme, but you know that's like this was like Navarra's Belgium, Belgium. This is so, this is so. like pre-COVID, so you know the world hadn't fallen apart yet. Um, I don't know, man. Apparently, Zewu's like extent of English extends to no, no, and that's about it. So that's <laughs> yeah. big fun, yeah. true. can probably learn English in like three days. I feel like he probably cool. has been working on it. He English, plays FPL he in like, Europe. Yeah, he yes. he has like a like, yeah. talent yeah. agency behind him too. That's like helping him with a lot of different branding stuff. Yeah, I doubt kind of I doubt he knows like no English, but he probably also doesn't want to like calm speak English. Well, well, yeah. I, think, I think he doesn't want to like speak English when he's getting interviewed on stage. Like that seems very uncomfortable. Yeah. I think it, he seems like he's more shy than like not yeah. proficient to me. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. So this is just like because we kind of skipped uh, a pod we usually would have covered after Katowice. Um let's just like flash back to that. Okay, like one take from this event from you guys uh what's your what, what what's something you noticed note at katavitsa that just kind of like struck your fancy uh virtus pro making the finals yeah fucked scrawny <laughs> yep shout out to scrawny on the last pods and something along the lines of vp being bad whatever kind of hearsay that was i was not there for it dude he I mean, uses uh, all jerseys so. now he did that yeah. jersey bet on twitter he yeah, said, he, did do that. he said, we'll buy, we'll be buying jerseys. So true. hold him to that. True. Uh, but on a, on another note, I think uh, something that might go a little bit untalked about is that junior honestly really impressed me this tournament. The fact that he just came into Furia and played pretty well against some of these European teams like that. What, what was a little odd is their constant double up setup on a, on overpass was really fucking weird. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like Dude, every so team good. they play. Sorry. That shit's good. <laughs> yeah, they, they, just, I mean, they made it work. 
No, because I I remember we played them before when they still had Henny, and they did like a pretty similar thing where like mm-hmm. Art and Henny were just constantly offing together on A site. It's just fucking hard to deal with because like you generally would know what Art's towards B. It was pretty obvious from what I remember, but like when you knew that like Art and Henny were like towards A, or you just weren't really sure, like it's so difficult because they can literally just be on any fucking angle. Like you can't go A. Yeah, it's like Henny's like somewhere in Con probably. Like you don't know where the fuck Art is. And like yeah. you don't know where art's gonna be in like twenty seconds because it's art, so it's just <laughs> absolute madness, dude. Every single NAFPL game on Overpass is like if they if one team starts losing on CT side, they will just bust out two or three ops, and you just there's just nothing you can do because no one has the flash procedures or like nade protocols to like get space towards A, so you just are forced to go B at that point. It feels like, but it works in pro games too. I hate the amount of ops in FPL, the amount of oppers in FPL. That's why I hate RZU, dude. It's like you're a rifler. Please put this gun down. You're <laughs> pissing me. You're pissing me off right now. <laughs> Seems like every almost every addition from FPLC is like one of the two is another opper. Yeah, every month it's yeah. just like uh... I'm gonna get myself in the FPL and I'm an opper. You should <laughs> see my fucking. You should see my offing skills when I'm playing against our dry runs. All right. Oh wow! I hit some yeah. sick clips. All right, <laughs> fucking double no scope collateral Alex <laughs> floppy here to Holy the right. Crap. Fucking quick scope S tag. Dude, phase yeah, mix you're, win. You're really not helping inflate the stocks of Cloud9. Uh, <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> if Alex and Floppy are unable to kill Mix on a bomb site with a dry run exec, like what is happening to this team? Okay. I mean, I'm just a sick opera. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Right, right. What, then why didn't they sign you? And also, of, it's maybe of it's attack, putting making S attack do it. It's maybe not so fair when I know exactly where they are and what they're doing, and I'm just somewhere. <laughs> well. You know, listen, I'll do that dumbest shit. Like, I'll piss them off. I'll just like run through a smoke and just like, <laughs> yeah, he's fucking trolling or try one. Oh, yeah, so but... you're the you're the NA scrim team of Cloud9. No, I'm just, I'm like, I'm the NA scrimmer. I'm just, you know, yes, got it. All right, I think that'll uh, bring us to the final Patreon question of the week. This is from Jigglypuffing. And we already were talking about this actually a little bit, but uh, it's with Ethan making the transition to professional Valorant. Actually, uh, who do you think will be the next player who has achieved top 20 status that will also that will switch to Valorant? This is uh, anything goes here. Let's see. Man, who's achieved top 20? Get right? I don't, <laughs> I don't think Get right's going to do it. Yeah, I, I don't get, think. Oh, yeah, he's like streaming. Yeah. Tarek, I only see being like a streamer. Even if he does like, even if he were to like switch off EG and just go to like play Valorant, I don't think he'd like play pro Valorant. I think he'd probably just stream it more likely. For you guys that need a quick list, I posted it in yeah, I'm looking the, right now in the chat. Yeah, so I'm looking at like a bunch of these names right now. Um, I don't see any EU players. I yeah, it doesn't feel like an EU player would likely make the switch, right? There's also just too many opportunities for top EU players to stay in teams. Like, there's ooh, no incentive, really. Oh, I got one. Kiyoshima. Kiyoshima was top. He was 19th in 2014. I think Kiyo will definitely make the switch, actually. Didn't he already switch? Or am I wrong on that? Well, maybe that's why I'm right. No, I'm <laughs> no I've seen him playing CS still with some... Is he okay? He definitely yeah. hasn't. He might I be thought... playing it. But I think it was like a thought because an org was teasing an Envy player was making a switch, and I think it was who? Was it NBK? Oh, uh, Alliance was, no. was teasing between like, I think it ended up being Happy or something, but Alliance no, it was, was it teasing. Was, no, it was even worse than that. It was XMS. XMS. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. I don't think XMS was ever top 20. 
No, no, no he was not. I think that was the envy play. That's probably what you're thinking though about Kyo. Yeah. Um. Well, Hiko switched. Uh. So that's that's actually just another person that did it. Uh, automatic. Automatic. Yeah. Seventeen. Uh, Twenty eighteen. Yeah. Uh, he switched already though. Yeah. yeah. So okay. About so we're saying next person to do it. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I it's really tough. Yeah, it's if tough. Ishii doesn't get any better, I could see Breeze maybe. No. No, no I don't know. Don't, don't say that for me, dude. No. As a Breeze. That fan, EG roster is so, struggling. I feel yeah. like Breeze could just land on an EU like international roster, though. Like he's yeah. he and he would want to keep playing, I feel like. He's his just like his stock is still pretty high, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like the way I'm looking at this list is that are there players that whose stock aren't high enough to land on an international EU lineup and get a new organization? And are there players who are like burnt out enough from CS that they would actually want to switch? So you think Olaf maybe? Uh, when you say that, I think overall. Olaf, I think Kirby, I think people that have like fallen off on phase. <laughs> yeah. I could Adrian. see Kirby switching. Yeah, I kind of see, I kind of feel like Kirby could be there too. No. Okay, okay. How about this? We'll just solidify it. So everybody, everybody has to come up with one person, and that's your bold prediction player. Okay, mix. Who's your who's your bold prediction? Valorant I don't, switcher. I don't like like any of these picks. Okay, that's a big one. Yeah, you have to make one up. Uh fuck it, dude. Actually, no, I still don't know. Someone else go. <laughs> um I demand more time. Hold on here. Yeah, thing is, Naf has been baiting a lot on Twitter about like no, Valorant switching, but no, I there's just it's the same thing as Breeze. I just don't see him switching because his stock is way too high <laughs> to to not get picked up by another team. Also, Naf has the twist effect where his girlfriend lives in Europe, so it doesn't make <laughs> sense. true. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, hmm. Okay. Snacks. Right. I'm a roll with snacks. Snacks. I was kind of thinking snacks, snacks actually. Yeah. What What's snacks doing? He's on like the third or second best yeah. Polish team right now. I, I think. was thinking Snacks or Adren, but Adren's on K23. He's yeah. still committed to like... I think, I think Adren's, yeah, I think Adren's playing, playing. I'll go uh, on and say Sunny. Sunny! He's playing for oh. FBX right now, though. Yeah, yeah he is, He is. but that's okay. Just as a stand-in, could be big. He could go. Um. Okay, I will pick... Damn, it's tough. Uh, no, not God. I'm kind of thinking Flusha, but I don't know if he's finding anything. Is Flusha? If Flusha pulls the trigger, that'd be so so sad. Actually, I'd be. He really said he upset. was good. He said he had something in the works. I hope so. I hope you're right. Um, okay, I'll do. I'll do Caraby. I'll do Caraby. I think Caraby's gonna switch. I think he wants to be a star again. Yeah. Okay. I think that's going to wrap it up. I think it's going to wrap it up. So let's. Uh... All right. What are your guys shout outs? Swisher, what's who, who are you shouting out? Who do you want to tell? Uh, who do you want the listeners to check out? What do you want them to check out of yours, etc.? cetera? Uh, if you aren't very uh, well informed in the ESC premiere scene, BNB, Bad News Bears, still Orgless. Like I said earlier, gas prices are going up. It's $4.20 <laughs> here in California. Um, we're struggling. You should go to Costco for gas. I go there. I and it's, car. it's cheaper. It's cheaper. Yeah. Um, but you can check out my Twitter, Swish CS. 
Um, I stream every day on Swisher CS on Twitch. Um, Sweet. Thank you for having me. Get this guy a contract. Get this guy an org. Get this man a salary. Okay. This guy needs to stop playing for for Twitch subs and he needs some goddamn eight K a month salary, please. Oh, oh my goodness. Yo, dude, where are you? <laughs> get him some okay, no. get him a get him five K. All right. I'm just throwing numbers okay at that. Yeah. <laughs> we're offering we're we're the orgs that we're talking to, we're only offering fifteen hundred and they are asking for fifteen hundred and they don't want to do fifteen hundred. Oh, 1500. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you Damn. go, guys. Well, well, that's not like a top, top NA premier team that's playing top four NA. There you go. 1500. Right. That's what it takes, guys. That's what it takes. Notes, what's your shout out? Uh, you know what? I'm going to double down on that. Shout out Bad News Beers, 8 0 premier. Um, playing very well. One of the only orgless teams in the top four right now. Sure. Hit them up. Nah. All right, Mix, what's your shout out? Uh, Shout out to Essatag for relentlessly team killing me and warm up every time. Just won't just won't let me spawn and just move around. He just he just TKs me. I turn on God mode and he turns it off and then kills me again. <laughs> uh Prodogo, what's your shout out? Uh shout out to Serto. Good story going up today. Dexerto? Yeah. Okay, you're are you writing for them? Uh no, I am a contributor to a single story. Oh, I know what this is. I think. Yo, speaking of that, no. When are match fixing? Come on, HLTV release. If, Caster, if, Caster, if tell us. I could, if I could tell you, I would. Caster, no. <laughs> I'm going for him soon. Talk man. to Isik, man. Talk to Isik. Who's getting banned? I could add him on Twitter right now. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, okay. For my shout out, I'll just shout out the fact that. I've got a handful of matches actually left in the season of premiere. I'm not doing as we're not doing as well as bad news bears, but I've only played two matches so far. And uh, yeah, check out, check out the commission in ESCA premiere. We've got, we're going to win a few of these matches. We're going to, we're going to beat Valen's team. That's what I, that's my guarantee. That's my guarantee for the, for the rest of our season. We're going to beat Imperium playoff bound. Playoff. matches would be so nice. Wait, can you guys still make playoffs? I think if we win out, we actually can, but like, Yo, like we'd have to beat Triumph, which yeah. is hard. That's a hard task. So not too hard. I think we can. I think we can beat a lot of the other teams actually. Because like, I mean, once I started playing on it, we beat Third Impact, like, and it didn't feel that bad. But so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Okay, that's gonna wrap it up. Episode fourteen over. Uh, I think we'll have another episode. Oh, by the way, we're on Patreon. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We got Apple Podcasts. Like we're. We're pay- we're using your guys' Patreon money to fund the to fund the podcast stuff, and I got to distribute the money to all these wonderful gentlemen that are on this with me. I have, I don't even know where the money's going. So, uh, but I will distribute it. Oh. Yeah, we need you. Yeah, get mix, a a, a maid to clean up his bed <laughs> behind him. So, <laughs> I'm alone. Why the fuck do I need to clean my bed? <laughs> honestly, you know what I mean? honestly, I shouldn't be talking. I mean, the the I'm at my girlfriend's apartment. It's pretty messy here sometimes. So. Yeah, maybe I should get one too with the Patreon money. But either way, uh, if you guys like what you see and you want to submit a question, be sure to s- subscribe on Patreon. I, don't know, I think the minimum is like, what, $5, $10 or something to submit a question. Either way, get it in and uh, help support this pod. I think we will come out with another one to do some ESL Pro League talk because we're going to switch gears and make it uh, about EU CS again, hopefully in the next one. So stay tuned for that. I'm sure that Mix is going to have some great tales about Cloud9 who start their group play on the 19th. So 
that's gonna be that's gonna be fun. All right, peace out. Thanks for get thanks for coming on, Swisher. You were a great guest. Thanks Thank for you. all the insight. Peace.